0: I'm your host, Danielle Dupuy, and I use the pronouns she, her, hers. Today, we are joined by two of three founding members of Unmatched Athlete to tell their story, Olin Rayleigh Oni, president, and Justin Fair, vice president. Welcome to the Pridecast, gentlemen.
1: Hello. Thank you for having us. Hello,
0: hello. So tell us a little bit about your organization, Unmatched Athlete.
1: So first of all, Danielle, I want to say thank you for having us. Um, this is absolutely a treat. Uh, we are so excited about Unmatch. Of course, we're a bit biased. Um, but yes, and Unmatch Athlete um, is basically a nonprofit that we decided we want to create. It's geared towards trying to encourage LGBTQ youth, uh, age, for kids ages 5 to eight year, uh, 18 years old. Um, to engage in sports and fitness. I think I can go into, if you don't mind, I can go into where sort of where the motivation started if you want me to.
0: Absolutely, yeah. We definitely want to hear um, about how this started.
1: Sports has a big impact in in, in culture. Um, and, you know, when I was younger, uh, I remember back when, you know, back, this was back in Nigeria and I used to live in Nigeria. I remember that, Every, anytime there was a soccer match that was being played, uh, regardless of what, regardless of what you believed in, whether you were, you know, someone who, you know, didn't really agree with a neighbor or someone who didn't really care about the other person, you know, like you weren't really speaking to that person. If ever Nigeria was playing, specifically if it was in the World Cup or even during the 1996 Olympics, you could, and then slightly exaggerating, but you could probably hear a pin drop outside. Everyone was glued to their TV screen watching um, Nigeria play. So sports has a big way of just really bringing people together, um, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you believe in. And I say this to basically bring the point that, you know, I could just—I was just imagining to myself, like, could you imagine if we could just get it, just the impact of sports, whether it's internationally or domestically? Could you imagine a child who is LGBTQ actually seeing another uh, another athlete out there who represented them, and how much that would have impacted a child, or oh, in this case, a uh, little me, if I could see someone that you know. Was going through the same struggles that I had in terms of um, my, you know, sexuality back when I was younger, and I feel like, again, due to the fact that that sports has a big impact on people, or in this case, sports has a big impact on culture, that we need more visibility and we need more um, equity uh, for LGBTQ plus people. So, again, this goes back to when uh, goes back to what I was talking about in June, when, you know, of course, 2020 has been a really interesting year. Um,
0: (laughs) One way way to put it.
1: Exactly. Um, It's been a really interesting year, um, to say the least. And back in June, when, of course, there were lots of rights that were going on, um, and, and, you know, not just domestically here, but across across the country, um, I just felt like, you know, as much as it's about social justice and social justice, you know, when I think about the LGBTQ plus community in terms of what we have been struggling with for decades upon decades that we need, I felt like if I could play a a role, even if it's just a small role to the already incredible work that we see other organizations um, You know, in this case, we could talk about Athlete Ally, what the work that you have done for LGBTQ, <laughs> LGBTQ yeah. plus people as well. Um, if I could just play a small role in terms of providing visibility um, for LGBTQ plus you that can, you know, for that kid who's watching TV and is trying to find someone who can represent them as well. Someone that can be inspired to, because again, a lot of kids, as I said, they, 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 they they're, 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 idols end up being sports um, stars or athletes that, you know, hopefully that we can, you know, provide, you know, uh, we can provide an avenue for them to be able to uh, be represented. So,
0: yeah, I, I think a lot, especially, you know, with sports, um, I was thinking as you were speaking about how many people did I know in sports that are um, visible as LGBTQ um, participants. And I, you know, top person that comes to mind is Megan Rapinoe. Mm-hmm. Um and then Diana Taurasi, I know, a basketball player. Um, but and
1: let's, not forget, and let's not... I didn't mean to interrupt you, but let's not forget one of the pioneers for the LGBTQ plus LGBTQ+, um, community um, in terms of athletes, Billie Jean King. Um, she has been such a pioneer for all LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. um, athletes. Uh, so... I mean, I, I I am so in love with her, quite honestly, <laughs> what she was able to do for tennis players as a whole, and this, um, especially women's tennis. But anyway. Mm-hmm.
2: I it. Uh, if I can answer, the, you know, the I grew up in Baltimore County, um, youngest of, of three boys. I was the artsy one. We're all fairly artistic people, but um, to be labeled as the art kid um, and, and, you know, to be asthmatic and like, you know, a, a pretzel stick and the smallest one around. Everyone always assumed that I couldn't do it, and I didn't learn how to play sports as a child. My yeah. parents went out of their way to say, "Look, it's just not for you, Justin," and so I just started to believe that. And as I got older and puberty kicked in, I think I was—it was communicated left and right that no, you're—you're you're the sensitive one. You, you, you know, even though I learned at one point I did dance, I did dance for actually several years, um, you know, that, that notion that I wouldn't learn how to play around other boys or that I wouldn't learn, you know, the, the limits of my body through actually playing. It, it just showed me that you can end up um, really hindering your own progress. Like all of the kids out there who got to see themselves reflected in media around them Mm-hmm. And then I looked and I didn't see anyone like me because, they, you know, they, like if I, I think if, if every sports player was, was said, oh, I had this physical ailment or, oh, I had this thing to overcome, I would look at them and go, okay, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to being a little gay kid, um, you need someone who can pull you out of that bubble because you're, by not seeing yourself represented – Uh, You just assume that you're, that you're, you know, you don't have a model for where you can grow. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think, um, you know, you bring up, you brought up a point too, that kind of hit home for me as well. Cause when I was a, when I was young, um, I had asked my dad to be in sports and he said, no, absolutely not because you're a girl and Mm -hmm. girls, you're going to be doing ballet. Mm. And so I was in dance for eight years because that's what I was allowed to do. Um, and kind of like ever since then, I'm just like, you know, I've kind of always had this mindset that, you know, sports has never been for me. Like I'm not good at sports because that's never been something that I was allowed to do. And it just kind of like stuck. Um, and, uh, that's unfortunate. I still don't know that I would be any good at it, to be honest.
2: <laughs> but-, well, but Here's the thing, you like I realized the other day in the last 10 years, have I played like. a a soccer match or basketball or anything with other people my age where I was actually fun. Mm -hmm. You know, if I wasn't being pulled into it, like, that's the thing you hear a soccer game going, you can go, Oh, I can play with these people because you know, the game, it's a shared language. It's Mm -hmm. something that is fun. Like think about how often you do things that are fun with other people and to, to, to not teach that to a child Sort of, it's like our cats. If you, if you don't know how to play with other cats, then you don't.
1: I'm not, I'm not sure our, our, our listeners might, <laughs> want, to, want to talk about cats and how they can be related to sports. Um, but I'm sure there's someone out there who can maybe say I can relate to that.
0: <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's a topic for a whole other episode, I think. I
2: know, I know. You have to learn how to play. And I think every child should be encouraged, even if they are, you know, as my, uh, as my friend said, a little, little Queens, they need to learn how to play with their subjects.
1: But I want to also go back to what you said in terms of the fact that, you know, I know that you might say, oh, well, you're just saying that to make me feel good. And I, and I, and I, I, I obviously don't believe that because I'm the one talking about it, but. You alluded. You actually mentioned that you know I don't think I'll be any good at it, and I think that's one of the things that, as on a match athlete, that we want to encourage. That you know, that what's the whole point? Like, why do you even say? Why would you even call our organization a match? What does that actually mean? And what I really—it's it's more of a mindset that we want to also instill in all our kids—is um, that your best effort um, is incomparable to anyone else. So. You know, if you are a student athlete and you've been, you know, you've been playing sports for that's that's all that's what you've been doing. You've been playing sports since you were five years old and you're in high school. You know, you probably for the most part would be really good at, you know, not just the sport that you are really good at, but maybe just other sports you pick up because you just kind of it's your sports is you, you really get to learn about your body and what you can do, what you can't do. And not everyone has the same Talent. Not everyone has the same um gift. Some people are just more talented and more gifted than others. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, like you look at Serena Williams, for instance. I mean, she won a grand slam while she was pregnant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, like that's
0: I could hardly even walk while I was pregnant.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there's just some people who are just naturally gifted. But I think the most important thing is what your effort is you shouldn't feel like oh well because it's I'm comparing because we''re, we're oh I think it's just human nature to compare ourselves to others be like well this person is really good I can't play like that well you should just be good at what you do and if you continue to work on that and you continue to try and you know, every day you try and get better at that, at that skill set that you're doing that you realize that you were better than the first time you started naturally. So that's what we want to try and encourage in our kids. That it doesn't matter where you start. It's about the effort you put in. And you should be happy with that effort you, you put in.
0: I, I really like that attitude just because, um, I, and I think the reason why I've shied a little bit away from sports for my own kids is just because of the, um, we've, we've tried a few things, um, soccer and, um, whatnot, which hasn't been super well received. Um, but you know, I think one of the, the turnoffs to me is kind of seeing how competitive, um, sometimes parents turn mm-hmm. sporting into, mm-hmm. and I didn't really want to have, and I've seen like how kids get upset, like, oh, well I didn't win or I didn't do good enough. I, I wasn't enough, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I think that we are, kind of heading down like a slippery slope of um time commitment in some ways and then also um setting our kids up for you know I want you to get a scholarship based on your performance in sports kind of thing. And we put a lot of emphasis on that, at least in the United States, I think. Um, And I was talking to a parent about like, you know, how being at home in some way, in some ways that COVID was kind of nice in that There wasn't like always like tons and tons of activities that I was seeing like, you know, neighborhood kids being run to all the time because they were canceled. You know, they were home. They've been home or whatever for several months now. And I said, I don't understand what the difference is between now and, you know, like when we were younger. And she was saying, well, you know, the difference is, is that now it's baseball isn't just in spring anymore. It's like year round. Mm -hmm.
1: And right. Soccer
0: isn't just in the fall. It's year round. Like mm-hmm. every sport is year round. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, things like that too, it's, it's so strenuous on the body, especially for like young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have like a friend that, you know, their, their kid like pitches in like every game and is already having issues with his shoulder at like age 12, you know, like why is mm-hmm. that happening? <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: And what I will say too, is that my, um, Justin alluded to this, it's taken out the fun that sports is about and everything's sort of been about sort of looking at the end goal, like, okay, you know, my son or my daughter or um, my child is really good at this sport and possibly they could become a professional, you know, or I've heard that this person is, you know, like the child says, Oh, I want to become an NFL. I want to, I want to play in the NFL, you know, or or I want to play, I want to play soccer professionally. And before you know it, I think I, I mean I, I will say this. Well, I'm not a parent, but I can I can see how a parent might slowly but surely go down that rabbit hole unintentionally because they want their kid to succeed. But I think we need to remind people that's why when we start our phase one, it's just gonna be pickup games. We're just trying to get people to enjoy playing games. It's just pickup. Is there isn't a format of a tournament or a league. If we're just going to have people come together, play the sports, you know, they, they might learn the rules here and there, but it's not going to be anything on the format of like a win-loss. Mm-hmm. You, know, like you lost, therefore, you're not really that good. It's going to be sort of like, let's just let's, let's pick up a game, let's play, and let's enjoy all the benefits, you know, that sports ends up um, providing for everyone, regardless of what age you are, quite honestly.
0: So what are some of those, um, you know, benefits aside from obviously physical activity kind of very helpful especially for those of us who've just been sitting around for the last seven months on our couch Me too. Um, <laughs> <physical activity. laughs> um being being outside and um being able to uh, play in a kind of almost even a collaborative sort of environment because you kind of have to communicate with your teammates and mm-hmm. make a plan for what you're doing as you're playing so good communication skills. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else I'm missing? Oh
1: I'm not- no, I think you hit on some of the major ones. Um, but what I would also um, add is that some I think this is a, a a a skill that. Well, I'm a little bit biased because I I, I I did some um some some work on this, but conflict management is also a big part of it. Um, mm-hmm. When we think about you, if especially in a team aspect, even though it doesn't even have to be a team, it can even be a single sport. But in a team aspect, you're not always going to have team members that you might agree with. But you have to learn to work with them, right? Mm-hmm. And there might be a, a, there might be sometimes on the field at times where there might be conflict. How do you deal with that? Um, I always find it interesting in some sporting events that they have the fair play award, like the, who was like the nice team. And I'm like, shouldn't everyone just be nice to each other?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, so I always find that interesting. Like we should just, so what I mean by in terms of conflict management is like, if you, if, if you're not really getting along with something, what do you do with that situation? How do you, so communication is part of that, but in terms of how you communicate, how do you deescalate when that person is mad? And or or you are mad at that person. What do you do? So there, there are lots of things that sports can do. So naturally, if you're the kind of person that realizes, okay, I don't not really get along this person. How am I going to work in a way that we can meet our large like what our ultimate goal is, which is to win this match, which is to win this championship. How am I going to be able to communicate with this person? How am I going to work with this person? And I think what sports, one of the biggest things sports can provide is how you can actually de-escalate conflict. How you can actually work with people who you don't really get along with,
0: mm-hmm. and that's that's helpful in the real. You know, when you're not on the on the field either. Exactly.
1: If you have a job, you know, it, it really helps you out as well. Yeah, if and when you have a job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So how now? You you guys are just getting started with this organization, correct? Yes, you're, you're in phase one. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yes, we we are in phase one now. Um. So. We haven't officially launched yet. Uh, we are, are are obviously due to 2020. Uh, it's okay. it's it's you know it's going to be kind of up in the air. But we are hoping that by April of 2021, uh, we're hoping that we can. That's when our official launch date will be. But again, it's still going to be up in the air. Right now, what we are doing is we're conducting. Um, that's actually how you were able to get in touch with us. Thank you again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is regarding the survey. Uh, right now we're conducting a survey uh, and we're just trying to vet some of the expectations and some of the opinions that parents and youths have. So we have a survey for parents and we have a survey for youths as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just trying to vet some of the expectations, again, that people have and their opinions. Um, and I just want to give a shout out first to everyone who has filled out our survey, parents and youth. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully we get more people who can fill out our survey. We're hoping to have this survey at least right now um, to the end of November.
0: Okay. And I'll be happy to share that out as well on the website oh, um, for people you. to fill out. Um, and so what are your plans? I know you want to have a variety of um, different sporting activities, correct, that, that students can,
2: can yeah. join? Yeah, so we have we have six sports that we would think about scheduling throughout, uh, you know, we, where we would have schedules for um, that be basketball, flag football, soccer, track, ultimate Frisbee, volleyball. Mm-hmm. And we also would um, have different fitness elements put in. So we might do community dance. Uh, we would have ball cone challenges. We would have warm up movement exercises. Um you Know when we actually start to talk with parents and, and, and youth, um, I think we'll better understand how to schedule that. But the idea is that by having up to uh six sports and these different forms of fitness, um, we're introducing youth who might be used to doing one or two sports to the full gamut, and that way they can go, okay, this upcoming Saturday it looks like I'm going to be doing frisbee, okay, uh four Saturdays from now, um, we might be doing flag football. Like it gives them something they can look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I will say like, when I was a kid, I loved to play Frisbee, but I really was bad at football. Mm-hmm. And knowing that there's a place where kids can like figure, like we use the term athletic creativity, where they have a place where they can play, but also get technique, uh, you know, tips. I think that's really fantastic. Because I, I was the shrimpy kid in the room. There's nothing worse than flag football for me because people are coming at you like they're going to tackle you. But then they just grab a flag off of your hip. Right. <laughs> and you're so used to being the small kid in the room. You never learn. So I think it's a great opportunity to, to share that you get to figure out um, your body and you get to play. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, what I, I what I'll add to that is um, in regards to our, our the sports that we have, um, we want to definitely encourage a lot of our kids who would be part of you know when a match athlete ends up launching. Um, we want to be able to encourage them to play different sports because we don't want. I mean, we would. That's that's what we want to encourage. We don't want to try to be like, oh, I'm only good at soccer, so I'm only going to play that. A part of what we want to be able to encourage is if you at least play two sports. So that way, what what people don't actually sometimes realize is that playing different sports actually might even help you in the predominant sport that you play. So an example would be Russell Wilson, who plays plays for the Seattle Seahawks as a quarterback. He actually had a background in baseball. And he was very good at it. In fact, he got drafted, I believe, by a baseball team. Um, but it's actually helped his throwing motion. It's, it's helped him in terms of being able to slide as well. If you look at a lot of the quarterbacks that actually slide now, Kyla Murray, who plays for the Arizona Cardinals, um, it's the big issue, um, um, there's a bit of a context to this. Uh, I don't know if you remember RG3. Do you remember him? No. Oh, (laughs) Um, OK. Robert Griffin III, RG3, um, he was a quarterback or is a quarterback. Still is. He's still playing. He's actually a backup for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, He the big the long story here is that he didn't have He didn't know how to slide and it cost him to get into injuries. Um, But a lot of these quarterbacks, as I said, um, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, They know how to slide and it's because they had a background in baseball so the point i'm trying to make here is that by doing different sports it can help you the predominantly um good the sport that you predominantly want to play because it makes you a little bit more well-versed so we want to be able to encourage our kids who want to be student athletes to do that as well and if you're just picking up you just want to be able to play different sports you might find that oh well out of these two sports again a minimum of two sports out of these two sports that i'm playing I actually kind of like track better than I like soccer because I don't want to tackle. I don't want to and I know I don't want to tackle or be tackled. I just want to run <laughs> and get to the finish line. So, that's what we want to try and encourage as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea kind of combining the two. Um, because, you know, oftentimes it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to get stuck on this one sport and you know, I'll do the, the year round sporting event for that. And that's it. You know, there's no other time for other, anything else. So that's, that's really, I like that you're uh, making those combinations and full disclosure, gentlemen. Um, I, my wife is the sporting uh, fan of the family. So <laughs> she, could probably, she could probably, uh, pretty much spout out like every stat right now,
1: Oh, um, we would adult, get them perfectly. But, yeah,
0: you know, she's the one to talk to. She's, you know, big into basketball and football um so uh my experience with sports is uh super tech mobile on uh, nintendo so that
1: is awesome i like i mean i don't i i am not a gamer i know people who play that um my my limit to gaming is you're gonna laugh at me i play fifa yes i'm one of those people um <laughs> and i would play i play i, I, I play avengers uh, games as well so but well, I've, heard, I've heard good things about that game. So. I,
0: I'm I'm not a, I'm not a gamer either, but this is from like the '90s, so we still have. Oh. Uh, I'm talking about I'm talking old school NES, okay? <laughs> Marvelous. Like the the one that you have to shove the other cartridge in at the same time. So oh, it, you, know. oh,
1: you have to you have to you have to, to, to blowing the cartridge. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and the whole
0: nine yards. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Uh so yeah, so occasionally we'll bring that back out and with you know play with the kids or whatever show expose the kids to uh you know yes. <laughs> um so um let's see. Now uh the two of you are husbands, correct?
2: Yes, we are married.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so surprise everybody know. No. Um, <laughs> um how did you both meet?
1: Oh, okay. Oh, do you want me to tell a story? Okay, no, sure. So. Uh, <laughs> um, so we actually met about, it's going up to uh, yeah. almost 10 years Ten ago, years. but it's nine years oh, wow. about okay. nine years ago, um, 2011. Yeah. And uh, we met online, like a lot of couples now. Now it's not as, um, maybe it depending on who you ask, maybe as improved, but that's a question mark right. <laughs> as it is now. Um, so we met online and I messaged him and he was really gracious enough to uh, meet with me for a date and we just hit it off. and so far so good he hasn't said enough with this guy' and done. So um, So yeah,' we've been, we, we were we dated for about six years and we've been married for about three years now.
0: so that's awesome. Oh, fantastic um and I, I mean i think online is a great way to be able to kind of weed out a lot of people that you know um don't really match up with your interests and you yeah know, well it, you, you know. know
2: what's nice in our case too danielle was that like we met up we went we met up at a starbucks like after the first few messages back and forth mm-hmm. our goal what my goal was uh i want to meet you and in our case uh you know, you you didn't have a a pro, you know, like, like the pro everyone wants to write their profiles so uniquely and specifically, and, you know, like it's an art form. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to meet him as a person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not about what you're seeing. It's about, you know, are you worth five minutes of my time? Right, right, yeah. And uh, so far, it's nearly a decade, so
1: going, going strong. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I guess we so would we'll say, "Oh my gosh, you guys are essentially in the gay world been together for fifty years." You know, why don't you has why did you guys have a kid and and already have a grandkid by now? So. But. Oh
0: my gosh, I know. I hate the uh, the the generalizations about the LGBTQ plus uh, community. You know, like the right. U haul jokes and all that. Right. Um, you know, I think pretty much most of my friends are, you know, their relationships have lasted, you know, just as long as any straight couple relationships, you know. Precisely, um,
1: precisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um I I, I I mean, I understand that it's 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 sort of a uh you know, tongue in cheek kind of um joke when people say that, but I agree in some ways by making that as a joke, it's sort of playing into the some of the stereotypes that people have about um lgbtq lgbtq plus community in terms of like oh well is it sustainable or is it you know is it is it is it even natural to even be with someone for that long um Mm -hmm. so yes i mean i think that's something that uh, as a community that we could we could definitely improve on um Mm -hmm. but but yeah
0: yeah. Um, I mean, I think in general, we're pretty much happier just because you have, uh, you know, you have to be more out in the open in some sense, um, with who you are and comfortable yeah. with who you are. So in that aspect of, you know, it's, it's more comfortable and, um, understanding in in that part, but, um, now, so the reason why I was asking, uh, or what I brought up the fact that you were, that you were married was that, um, you are running this organization together. So, how do you manage the work slash nonprofit personal balance? You know. Yeah.
2: Well, I think part of it is recognizing everything's about choice. Mm-hmm. So, in our case, you know, we're choosing to create a business together. We're choosing to help youth in our community, and uh, what that ends up meaning is, um, you know, we we have a style that we work together with. Uh, but we also want to build a board where other people can help build this thing with us. You know, anyone who starts a nonprofit should be able to think five, ten years in the future and just say, mm-hmm. "Can this outlast me? Mm-hmm. Is this more than just me?" Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think you know because we both have experience in in community work, we have our own strengths and weaknesses. You know, as a husband team, you know, it's nice because we can sort of get things ro- rolling and compliment. And in, because of COVID, the tragedy of COVID, it allows us to be at home together and figure things out and talk things out and plan together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in that regard, it's been sort of a hidden blessing because, um, you know, we can ask, you know, questions to each other and figure them out in the evenings. Whereas normally, if you were building a nonprofit, um, you'd have to meet every few weeks or maybe every quarter. You would want to get people together in a room. Um, yeah, that's, say, and that's not
1: to say we don't want. No, we that. want that. Yeah. Right?
2: But um, we, you know, this is like the gestation period where we can work out planning kinks and figure things out that work um, in, in strategy, and that allows us to, uh, you know, now we can grow our board because we have some of those initial nitty gritty things figured out and we can, as we grow the board and as we hear from more parents who have feedback working with other teams and with other schools and knowing different types of kids, um, they can help us vet those ideas in a way that I think if we were just, you know, shooting out the gate running um, we might
1: trip over ourselves a bit.
2: Not to say that we still might not,
1: but. More likely, we we will have our, I mean, you know, this is, I, I, this might not list a lot of, but I will say this, I want to just um, add to um, what Justin is saying, which is, I can understand how some people are like, oh, you guys are a couple, how does that work? <laughs> um, and and what I will say to that is, uh, Justin alluded to a lot of those things, which is really what it, what it boils down to it, it's about what exactly is your mission and what are you what are you what do you what do you see is this sort of a temporary thing is this sort of like a little project you guys are doing and just alluded to the fact that it's we we are not just seeing ourselves being the only people to be part of this Mm -hmm. we want other people who we would ideally like to have a board member of you know five or even seven people um so we want other people who have experience in different areas that might be helpful to our, what our mission and vision is to be part of this. To specifically regarding your question, like, how does this work? How do you guys do this? Um, Justin has a lot of experience in community work, um, and I have um, I, some experience in community work, um, but I definitely have, a, a, when it comes to what Unmatched Athlete is trying to do, In terms of what our, I think our personal stories is emblematic of what a lot of other LGBTQ plus people who are adults now and people who are younger are going through, you know. So in this instance, I grew up playing sports, as I said earlier in the beginning in my introduction. Well, I I grew up playing sports, but not professionally. I want to make that very clear. (laughs) I'm not a professional athlete, but I played sports when I was younger and I enjoyed watching and playing when I was younger. Um, that, you know, so, but that wasn't necessarily Justin's experience. And even though he played some sports, he was more, he, he has an art major. I'll speak, I'll let you speak for yourself regarding that. So I think a lot of people can identify with that. And I just felt like, you know, it was just a nat- like, even if I wasn't married to Justin, I think he would be a natural fit to be on here because his story in terms of how he's learned to sort of under, uh, be, uh to enjoy all the things that sports um, can bring. You know, it, I think he can again speak for him, for himself regarding that. Um, it's been it's been great to sort of have him share that with me. So I think it would have been a natural fit either way because I think his his personal story, people can identify with it in terms of how it fits with a match athlete.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. That 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 was so golden. <laughs> um, I think that uh, I also want to note, like, when you're choosing to. Develop a project. Um, you have it always has to come back to the heart of why you started. Like we have friends who have little kids, and um, I I just want to ensure that like the kids. We have a neighbor. She she's so busy and running around the yard all the time. Like you see you see kids, and you just want to ensure that they have the every opportunity to succeed in the things that interest them. Um, and I think that. Uh, we can, you know, if we can show that's possible through getting to know your body and getting to know how to have fun playing outside. Um, I think that's, that's the goal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, when um, this takes place, are you going to have it at a central location or will there be like multiple locations in different counties?
2: Yeah. So uh, we are planning to start off along this the, between the capital and the central regions of Maryland. So between DC and Baltimore City, essentially. So we were thinking like anywhere within a 30 minute drive of I 95. So that would be Baltimore City, Baltimore County, Howard County, Prince George's County, Montgomery County. Um, and, uh, you know, based on how, on, on how funding works and timing. Um, We would right now, you know, we're we're shooting ideas around, but like we were thinking um, every quarter, you know, it would be nice to be able to alternate between the counties. And that way we, you know, we might be able to offer, let's say, if you are, uh, you know, a transgender youth in Montgomery or you're a transgender youth in Baltimore City, you might be able to see us at least once a month if we are able to alternate.
1: And our, um, our I just want to interject here. Our goal uh, would be to make sure uh, right now for our phase one, we're planning for a calendar year of 12 months. Our goal is to make sure that we hit every county within the, within the jurisdictions that Justin mentioned yeah. um, within those 12 months. And, th- and, that, um, and that
2: will be, uh, you know, that requires for us to be able to get enough funding and get partners where something. we can find all right, which fields at which schools and which gyms and which community centers will have us.
1: If you're hearing this and you are a <laughs> <at> school <laughs> mm-hmm. if you would like to have us of obviously giving COVID nineteen, you know, when everything starts to get up, yes, we would love your support. So yeah. that's a shameless, um shameless plug. That's a shameless plug out there. <laughs>
2: but what's also nice, Danielle, is that um, you know, as we were saying, we're we're not looking to be an after school um, club. You know, mm-hmm. we're looking to uh, provide a space on weekends theoretically. Um, you know, so that uh, we can fit into um, both the schools' patterns as well as parents. So you know, some schools uh, do not have any activities on Saturdays or Sundays, which means for us they're not competing the, the risk factor and the cost of that field. It's going to be a lot less than it might be during the week. And mm-hmm. from a parent's perspective, um, you know, knowing that you can drop your kid off for a few hours and or, and you can go do your nails or something, or you can go shopping, or you can just sit and watch your kid play. Um, you know, it's it's a nice excursion on the weekend for you as a parent because you know that this is the one opportunity where your kid's not you know necessarily. Putting, you know, they're not competing in that normal realm. Um, mm-hmm. fun. Um, obviously, you know, you're playing games, so someone has to win and someone has to lose, but you are enjoying the, the, yourself. The stakes
1: aren't as high yeah. in a as opposed to if you were in a uh, in a After tournament. School, yeah, uh, if you're in a tournament, the stakes are higher because you're like, oh, if I don't win this, then we have an 0-1 record. And that's gonna affect us trying to get the state championship. But that's going to affect us again getting the championship, whether it's the it state or, in this case, it could even be the municipality that you're that you're in. It's gonna it's gonna affect that. Um, so again, that's why we, our our phase one platform for our phase one, um, platform, uh, for our phase one f- format is there, is this going to be based off of just pickup games? Yes, you know, of course we're going to have like, hey, you know, you want two one, but it is like, you know, guess what? Um, the next time we have another event. You know, you can get back, you can get right back at it. And uh, our goal is also with the fitness activities that we have, as Justin said, one of the things we'll do is stretching. But those kids are like, oh, you know what? I'm not, uh, as, yes, we are, I understand that there'll be kids who say, oh, well, you know what? I really wasn't this good, at, I really wasn't good at playing this. Why would I want to play this again? We also realize that we want to be able to have like little um, training sessions. So like, if you're not really good at passing, we, are, we will have sessions where we're just going to focus, you know, maybe the first 30 minutes and just how you can learn how to pass, how you can learn how, in this case, if it's soccer specifically, um, how you will be able to kick a ball a certain way. So it's, it's a moment for kids to be able to not only engage in playing, but sort of learn little things and the nuances of playing that particular sport can help you when you actually, when we actually do get into sort of hopefully two or three years from now when we actually get to the um, format of having tournaments. So, Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, that's essentially what we, how that would look like uh, theoretically when we actually end up launching.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. It would be nice to see if, um, you know, we could with this program that you could kind of change the way that we look at sports in general. Um, Mm -hmm. Because as I, you know, I was mentioning earlier with um, you know, the two names that, come to the top of my head of out athletes there really aren't a lot of out athletes that are out or advocating for LGBTQ the LGBTQ plus community um yeah and then i think it i feel like it also you know a lot of like the locker room talk and things like that lead yeah. to um more uncomfortable conversations about sports And um, kind of also push other students out that would be interested in playing, but they're like, well, I don't want to be harassed. Yeah. Um, You know?
1: I I would like to speak to that. I think that's a really, really um, important point. Uh, One of the the motivations behind why we wanted to be Unmatched Athlete um, currently exists, why we wanted to create this space for kids is... As I was as I said, we want to be able to be sort of you know in this case, like if we can just be a dominant piece to how we can affect culture and how people look at sports. Um, we I mean in my opinion, Tu I still think it exists, but there is a toxic sort of there's a toxic level and toxic of, of, of culture that exists in sports when it deals with LGBTQ+. Plus. Um, athletes, you know, starting from, I, I, I mean, I want to make a, a really good point. Reg- well, I want to make a point about this regarding trans athletes and how, you know, in a lot of ways, I can't imagine what it's like to be a trans athlete and some of the vitriol, foul, um, you know, comments that people have made about them or some of the laws and policy that exists right now. That aren't really supporting um, trans athletes. Um, like for instance, I'm not. I don't understand why we. I understand that Maryland, for the most part, is a progressive state, and we're very lucky compared to other states. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason why we should not have gender-neutral bathrooms across the state. Could you could you imagine being a trans athlete in in high school or even in elementary school? And you want to go to the bathroom, and you're not very comfortable. I mean, I know it. I know in Montgomery, I mean, in Montgomery County, there are gender-neutral bathrooms, but it's not it's not the law statewide. So, I that's part of how we can change how cult, how um, sports how um, how we it's it's part of what we can do in terms of being able to change the landscape of how people identify with or how people look at um, LGBTQ plus um, athletes. So yes, you know, we hope to be part of that domino piece that doesn't really affect that. Won't that won't only um, help and um, LGBTQ plus athletes here in Maryland, but hopefully across the the nation as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, what, um, what are your thoughts on speaking of, um, uh, trans athletes and talking about gender and sex. Um what are your thoughts on gender specific um sports? Cuz I feel like we always divide sports right. by gender. It's either you know football is just for men, you know. Right. softball, well softball you can have men and women play that sport, but baseball right. like just men, like yeah. You know, it's very, um, I feel like sports in general can be very exclusive and not as inclusive.
1: Yes. So I'm glad you asked that question because um, I actually had this conversation with um, a friend of mine and I've had this conversations with Justin and and Andrew, who is our treasurer. Um, I want, I feel like eventually... Sports is going to have to change. You yeah. know, it doesn't make any sense for us to have an NBA and then they have a WNBA. Why, if if we have a WNBA, we have an NBA. Why can't we just have a national basketball? Is it? I mean, it's why can't we just have a national basketball association? Even that—that's what it's called, National Basketball Association. But it's only meant for men. It's not men's national basketball, right? Is yeah. <laughs> so. Why can't we just actually the name? What is called National, Bas- National Basketball Association, and just have it be that regardless of what gender identity you are, you know, if you're non-binary and you want to play that sport, why can't you play it? So if you actually, I don't understand why that isn't something that exists. Mm-hmm. And I think the NBA would say that they. I'm pretty sure that they would say that they are are you know LGBTQ plus inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is that we don't actually see people on TV that represent that um, because it goes back to the culture. So the, my hope is that if we if we on Match Athlete, if we uh, if we can continue to grow as an organization, my hope is that as we get into the tournament phases, that we will have a specific section for kids who are non-binary, who can just play. And if you're non-binary, and if you also want to, and if you also want to complete regardless of your gender identity, everyone plays together, um, and you can have you can again reap all the benefits that playing sports um, ends up providing. So, our hope is that by having us grow as an organization, and people can see, and we want to be able to, um, we we want to be able to, you know, put, you know, we want to be provide <laughs> visibility for um, non-binary athletes that that will have an effect on culture. Because it doesn't make any sense why we don't see more non-binary athletes, at least that, you know, that I know of. I mean, if they exist, please send an email to us. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. if, you're a current, if you're a current athlete, uh, regardless of what sport you are, please, um, especially if you're one of the major American sports, NBA, NFL, um, baseball. You know, um, NHL, any one of the major sports, please give us a, a, a ring or send us an email. So we, we should have more of those reputation because if kids see that, then they will feel a little bit more encouraged to want to actually engage in
0: sports. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like if you are non binary, then it's not like, you know, there is no in between. There is no, you know, and I guess my point being is that um, obviously, different physical characteristics of body types will enable you to, um, be, have more strength, Mm -hmm. um, in certain sports, um, than others. Uh, like for example, like swimmers typically have a a broader shoulder, Mm -hmm. uh, typically, but I'm not saying not all, but, um, you know, and I feel like if we combine sports even to like, say like, You know, football just in general, not like men or women or non-binary, but Mm -hmm. if we just had football, I mean, there's different body types and strengths that would benefit from each of the different types of positions. You know what I mean? Like, we do that already with just men. Like, why couldn't we if women wanted to play, let women play, you know, if a non-binary person wanted to play, let not, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like oh, it's yeah. so.
1: I know um, exactly. I, I mean, I, I understand exactly what you're referring to. And I, I mean, I don't want to speak for those organizations, but I, I know that they, they have, um, they have like they have moments or they have like uh, promotions for the LGBTQ plus community. So what that would, uh, I would assume that that implies non-binary people. But the problem is that it's, I think to me, the issue is the culture that exists within the locker rooms, because I don't understand why if you, if you're saying that you're LGBTQ plus inclusive, why, as you are saying, why can't we have non-binary actually play NFL? I don't, I don't get that. You know, Um, For instance, I would even say you, because you were referring to body types, kickers in the NFL, (laughs) you know, kickers are not really the, they don't have the same physique as, as say, a linebacker in the NFL, you know, um, that that doesn't mean they're not fit, but they can, all you need to do to do to kick the, uh, to be a kicker is you're just kicking the ball to go into the, um, to get go into the goalpost. That's all you're doing. But we, but we don't even have a kicker who is as female. Um, this the there was a video out there. The Ravens had, um, I believe, it was Carly Lloyd, um, who was a soccer player for uh, the women's you um, at the U.S. national team soccer, um, the women's, um, the women's soccer, um, United States um, soccer team. I, I butchered that. Okay. <laughs> um, Carly Lloyd. Everyone knows who Carly Lloyd is. Um, and they brought her in one day just for fun. And she kicked the field goal. I think she f- kicked like a 40 a yard field goal. So, you know, we know that we women in a lot of ways, a woman can do the same. Is if, if you identify as, as female, um, we know that women can play out of other sports that exist right now, but I think it's about the culture that exists because, we need to change that. It needs to. It that. That's really where the rollerball's evolves. Because if that culture changes, in terms of the people that are their teammates, then I think there would be sort of there would be a complete change in the landscape of how sports is built That's what I truly believe.
0: and it. You know, you think about where does that where does it start, and it's you know when you're a kid. I feel like kids typically play with other kids it doesn't matter their gender or sex Mm -hmm. or what have you but Mm -hmm. they um they play with each other and it isn't until you know you get to school and it's like okay boys line up here girls line up here Mm -hmm. um you know and they separate okay let's do boys against girls and i feel like we're slowly getting away from that now oh yeah um for a long time that's the way it was and you know um also you know rewinding even further further back from that but um you know household duties like being divided from mm-hmm. men to women like oh men went out and they uh earned the, the income and the woman was expected to stay home and raise children and take care of the house and provide the food it's like mm-hmm. very very different gender roles um Absolutely. and mm-hmm. um you know if we could kind of break through that and see that you know we each have all of us um no matter your gender um or your your size or your your type or your ability everybody has um value and something to um uh, mm-hmm. give and it's just you know we're we're such a competitive society it's like what really um what really matters is the relationships that you're building as you're going along and that's why I really like your idea of unmatched athlete of being able to have kids be able to play with other kids um that is going to be comfortable. There's not going to be any of that um, negativity and just kind of supporting each other and having fun and learning something along yeah. the way. And, um, and hopefully we see that as more the way to go, you know? One of the
2: things that we are aware of is, you know, based on how many youths are interested at and what time of the year, is, you know, by being able to schedule similar age groups, to, you know, where similar ages together into groups. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows us to ensure that, you know, if you're concerned about your child's height or weight, playing with someone else, you know, that there's a disparity, we can manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, you know, it's not just, as you said, it's not just an assumption that automatically locks you away from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, there are studies, you know, that we, we, are, we are not just shooting off our, our, off our hook, um, you know, shooting off the ankle. We have we been reading um, and watching videos and talking with folks. And we look forward to doing more of that because there are projects like Athlete Allies Equality
1: Index, mm-hmm. the, the, um,
2: the, the Women's mm-hmm. Sports Foundation. Um, there are like so many wonderful recently written studies, reports, coaching guides, um, and, and, and uh, ways and policies that can be recommended to local school boards and local teachers to help them, you know, here's the language that you use, here's how you craft a more inclusive uh, space. And it really just takes someone on the ground to say, hey, I read this thing, I think this would be great for us, here's how we can make it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't happen unless someone comes along and, um, and encourages uh, that to take place. And I'm really thankful and glad to, um, to see that there is, I think, a shift in the culture happening where people are more welcome to uh, where it's LGBT isn't something that stops at, you know, rec, at athletics department, it involves the athletics departments. Because mm-hmm. I think so many schools, you know, it, it's still this mental idea that and so often, you know, when you have a, a bastion like sports, folks aren't used to adapting things are used to what they're used to. Mm-hmm. It just requires someone to say, "Hey, I speak your language. Let's figure out how to make how to work this in in a way that's comfortable and works with the with with our kids." Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I I mean I I I I I know that as you as you've mentioned that you know we're seeing more you know not just not just you know collegiately but we're we're seeing we're seeing more you know, youth um, sports organizations out there that are encouraging, regardless of um, what your gender is or your gender identity is, that they are encouraging to play uh, with, you know, with anyone they want to play with. Um, but the, 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 the thing about it is that we, we, that's why on Match Athlete, hopefully we hope that if we actually can get people who are allies who, actually co- who are, are actually coming to be part of us, that that will help also sort of change the narrative people have, especially locally. Because it's easy to, I, I think sometimes, and I, I, you know maybe I'm a little bit biased on this. I probably am biased. Mm-hmm. But it's easy to sort of say, oh sure, okay, the boy and the girls can play. But what if this kid, as you said, is, is non-binary, is kind of, a, what if it's a boy? And a boy who, someone who appears as a boy, but is non-binary, and he wants to play with the other boys, how would they feel about that? You know, I that's a question I always have in my mind. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's that's why if you're an ally, I would definitely want you to come and support us and actually play be part of our organization because that's going to help change the narrative because the more visibility we have of people who don't exact, who are not part of the LGBTQ LGBTQ plus community but are supportive of us, that's going to help um, sort of provide a catalyst to the change that I think we desperately need in society. Mm
0: -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think the more uh, allies we have supporting us in all aspects um, Mm -hmm. are, is very important um, and helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, So you already have established your nonprofit status, correct?
2: Absolutely. Yes. That is
0: crazy because, I, I mean, like when I saw that, I'm like, dang, because that's like, I hear from other people that have established nonprofits that it's a nightmare.
1: It is. Well, it, is. <laughs> it definitely takes
2: a certain type of person to do the paperwork. Um, but also, um, you just, you want to be able to, uh, to know that what you're putting down is possible. And, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate to talk to a a lot of good people who are knowledgeable Mm -hmm. and give us good advice Mm -hmm. and to know that that's still happening. You know, we we also are aware that um, there are some larger nonprofits throughout the region that provide uh, advisory or sponsorship or fiscal sponsorship, Um, but we... You know, after speaking with some folks, we decided that it was better that we keep it in house. We do it ourselves, and that we take our time. That way, um, we know that we that it is our baby, and that we are putting ourselves at, at an additional risk. You know, whenever you're choosing to become a proper nonprofit, you're you're it, it takes time and money to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, we wouldn't have uh, gotten into this if we didn't think it was worthwhile. And so it was worth committing to.
1: And I want to just say a big thank you to all the organizations, um, Baltimore Out Loud, Gelsen, um the chair, the chair for GelSen here in Maryland, who have been really beneficial in terms of giving us some advice as to how we should approach certain things of our organization. So, um, you know, it's it's been helpful to have people who support us and are giving us advice on how we can approach this. So I definitely want to give a shout out to those people
0: as well. Now, how did you get in touch with them? Did you just kind of do some research and reach out on your own?
1: Yeah. So we did some research um, and again, it's, you know, 2020 uh, has been interesting, but it, it, having, being at home, being able to do research, we have to send emails to people telling us, telling them what our mission is, um, what our goals and uh, what our, our short-term goals are, what our long-term goals are. Um, goals are, um, I think I, I'm thankful <laughs> and very humbled that um they were They're able to pick up the phone. Yeah, able to pick up the phone and able to respond to our emails and that it was something that they felt was um needed in our community. Um not just not just in Maryland, but I think quite honestly nationwide. So they've been really, really, really helpful. And yeah, I can't I can't I can't thank them enough. I and mean, we can't thank them enough, quite honestly. Yeah.
0: hmm and do you have any um, advice for other people that want to create a nonprofit?
2: Uh, I guess, well, there are a lot of good guides out there, but I would really recommend talking to nonprofits in the area that you're interested in working in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I come from a background working in, with community development corporations. So I'm familiar with sort of the you know, the, the throws and the lurches that comes with growing a thing and developing a budget. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it really gets started with, um, you know, if you are, like I always like to say to like college students, you know, intern with someone and work your way up. Um, that way you're not just going from zero to 100. And I think, and also I will note that, you know, as a nonprofit that's starting out, we're still in the process of grant writing. And so it's important to always ensure that you know, um, you know, that, that you're that you're aware of uh, who your audience is and who's likely to support you because you wouldn't want to, uh, to leap into something because you love the idea if you aren't certain that there are other people out there who will see your concept, agree with you and help build a, a new future with you.
1: Mm-hmm. I will add that it's important for you to have... It's important for you, of course. I mean, this is by the, you, you need to have a vision as to what you want to do, but you need to look, you need to do research to see what other organizations out there are already doing that. Because you might have a great idea, but there might be another organization that's doing something similar. Um, so that's when, you know, you reach out to them, as Justin has alluded to, you do the research, you reach out to those organizations, and maybe you can even be an affiliate of that organization. Or you can do something that might be a little bit different from what they do. So it's important to sort of have a vision as to what you want to do and then do the research before you go into actually trying to actually go into the process of creating a nonprofit. Um, because then, you know, you don't you don't want you don't want to essentially you don't want to essentially create something that already exists. You want to, to create something that is going to be specific to a population that you know is in need of it.
0: Yeah, I think that's good advice. <laughs> um, so uh, if there are people out there listening that want to get involved either as a volunteer or as a participant, um, how can they get in touch with you?
2: So we have a website, unmatchedathlete.org. Um, on there we have both our parents and youth surveys where people can fill them out and uh, leave comments. We also have a mailing list and you can select on there how, you know how you identify, if you're a parent, if you're looking to volunteer, if uh, you are if you just know someone that you think is a really great referral. Um, the mailing list is a great way to sign up and hear our news. But most importantly, anyone can just shoot us an email at info at
1: Right. Um, And I would just want to add regarding the volunteer list, again, as we as we mentioned earlier, um, we are still in the process of officially launching. So, yes, we want we want people who are volunteers who would love to be volunteers with Unmatched Athlete. If if the mission speaks to you, if the vision speaks to you, please get in contact with us.
2: Our website is UnmatchedAthlete.org. Our Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at UnmatchedATHL.
1: Right, right. So so definitely we would love to get be able to have people who want to be part of our volunteers to get in touch with us. Um, right now, uh, of course, we're still in the process of trying to launch, um, but as many people who can get in touch with us who want to volunteer, we'll keep you in our, in our mind. And when we start reaching out to those people, um, we can begin that process of trying to get those people to be part of us.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Pridecast and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens um, in the spring.
1: Thank you so much for getting in touch with us and um, thank you to everyone else out there who ends up uh, who has filled out our surveys. Thank you again so much. Thank you all.
0: The music featured at the start and end of our podcast is Work by Kevin McLeod from Incomitech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 4.0.